Okay, boys and girls, once again, coming to you live from the Rock and Roll Garage, it's your Uncle Jimmy with your weekly dose of automotive technician podcast called Grease the Wheels. Hey, thanks a lot for listening, boys and girls. I appreciate it. I've had kind of a screwed up schedule because of Thanksgiving, and I admit I've been a little lazy. I've been a lot lazy. Shut up. I wasn't talking to you. All right, hey, uh, let me do this real quick before we get started here. Thank you for what you do. Planet doesn't move. Planet doesn't do anything without you. Trust me. They're building shit all over the fucking planet. Every day, all day, it gets out there. People get their hands on it. It fucks up. They need you. They need you. Those people will say thank you in the most fucking unsincere and fucking worst way. Oh, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for helping me out. Well, this is your Uncle Jimmy, and I appreciate what you do. And so let me say it with gusto, and, and let me mean it, too. Let me put some sincerity into it. Thank you very much for what you do. I appreciate it. I know that some days it's fucking unbelievably horrendous. And that leads me to the subject of this week's podcast. I'm going to call it a hard day's night because it's going to be about being overworked. Okay. Now, one of the things that I know about technicians, and I don't want to say that all technicians are like this because obviously that's too general of a statement to be true in all cases. But a lot of you guys, if you're given the opportunity and, oh, by the way, the monetary motivation to work until eight, nine, 10, even midnight from who knows, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, you will do so. So I know, okay, before I get started here, that a great many of you are overworked, but you're doing it to yourself. You're doing it to yourself. And I understand exactly why you would do it. I myself am I'm not a model of, uh, of efficiency, I'm not a model of not overworking. Uh, I show up to work sometime usually between 7.30, 8 o'clock, usually closer to 7.30, usually. Depends on traffic. I really literally have to run an honest-to-God gauntlet. I mean, three miles from where I work, it takes me 20, 25 minutes some days. I have to, and I there's an intersection in a way that is literally like fucking MIG Alley in Korea. It is a fucking gauntlet where kamikaze pilots are trying to go from one side to the other in the space of about a football field. And I can't believe that I haven't A, hit somebody and B, killed somebody. But that's neither here nor there. That's me. I get to work sometime between 7.30 and 8. And I'll be at work until usually about 7, sometimes 8, and sometimes longer. Um, I have very rarely do I leave any any time that has a 5 in front of it. I can work till 5.30 and leave at 5.30 if I want. I could leave at 5. Nobody's going to say shit to me, Uh, but I continue to work. And there's good reasons for that. And uh, my overworking isn't really overworking. It's working and getting things done when nobody else is in the goddamn building. Anyway, I wanted to call this podcast this week a hard day's night because when you when you're overworked or you're overworking or you're working too much you're working a lot it turn it ends up being a hard day's night just because what do you what do you get home I I got home tonight it was eight thirty by the time I got home I had to stop at at the Home D and I went and got some Popeyes and shit which is gonna probably fucking kill me dad but uh, uh, that's 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 part of my life okay that's part of what goes on with me uh, I don't really consider it overworking. Uh, my my deal is that I can't really get a lot done when I'm trying to do what I do when there's a lot of people around because the, the shop I work in is literally like Grand Central Station. There's motherfuckers in there all day long, some of which I don't, some of which I don't recognize, some of which I don't know what the fuck they're doing there. I and mean, we have people in and out of our shop all day long, and it shouldn't be like that because I need to flash a pass and have it open the door in order to get in. But yet 
all these other people are getting in and, and roaming through our shop and, you know, partaking of our employee break room and that. And it's like, what the fuck? So for me, the overworking that I do to myself, because like I said, you know, I, I'm at work till seven, till eight sometimes. Uh, and I don't really consider it overworking because I really, like I said, can't get much done when there's a whole bunch of motherfuckers in the shop. And then when they all leave, you know, four thirty, five o'clock, I can start to actually get something done. I'm, I'm a lot less distracted. I'm a lot more focused and it comes easier to me. So I'll work till six or seven o'clock. Um, there's really no, I'm not looking for any kind of a monetary benefit to that. Uh, lately that's been non-existent in my shop for me, at least, uh, for some of you, I know that the motivation is strictly money. You work and you work and you work really literally until you drop dead. And, uh, it's simply so that you can turn as many hours as you possibly can and make as much money as you possibly can. I know that there's some of you out there and I don't want to say this is a good thing or a bad thing. I don't, I don't want to make a comment on it either way, but some of you kind of shortchange the process. You shortchange what you're doing. Uh, to your customers' vehicles, you, sh- you shortchange it. But, okay, flip side, they're not paying you for some of the shit they want you to do. They're not paying you for it. So why would you break your balls doing any of it, right? Uh, we've talked, I used to talk about it all the time. I haven't really talked about it too much lately. I feel like personally, uh, you need to take responsibility for your customer's car and you need to look at everything and you need to set certain things. Okay. You need to top off the washer solvent. You need to top off the coolant. You need to check the brake fluid. If you're, if you can, if it's possible, check the oil, definitely fill up the tires, give the vehicle a good look over. And all of this at least where I work, all of this is shit I can't get paid a fucking nickel for. But the reason that I do it, and I do do it, I've talked about it a million fucking times, and I think I'm a fucking angel, you know, sent from heaven because this is what I do, you know. I, I think I'm the best at whatever it is I do. That's not really that's not really why I do it. But you have to do it, and I feel like I have to do it because our customers are just not going to do it, okay? Uh, if you're not doing it, I understand why you're not doing it. I wish you would do it. I've implored you to do it. I mean, just a simple thing like putting air in the tires, especially when it starts to cool down like it has in the fall and in the winter where we're headed towards now. You're going to find people who haven't had their tire pressures adjusted since May. And the tire pressures are probably in the 20s when they should be in the low 40s or even the high 30s. So uh, it's important. And, you know, if you're driving next to somebody and, the, and their vehicle doesn't handle very well, they might actually hit you or somebody you know or somebody you love or somebody, you know, that you're friends with because their car's not handling properly because it doesn't have proper air pressure in it. I mean, obviously, you know, the the whole, uh, you know, having a blowout or not having enough air in your tires and having an accident and hitting a school bus full of cheerleaders, we make it we make it kind of a joke, but it's really not a joke. You know, the, the efficiency of the vehicle is obviously uh, enhanced extraordinarily when you go from having 25 PSI in your tires to having the proper 38 PSI or 42 PSI, whatever it's supposed to be. And so that helps to save the planet just a tiny little bit because that guy's not going to use quite so much fuel. And I don't want to, I don't want to beat you down over this stuff. I've talked about it enough and, and, uh, you know, you're either going to do it or you're not. Like I said, I understand why you would not do it. I feel like you probably should, but I'm not going to berate you about it. Uh, I don't feel like you need to be overworked. Like I said, a lot of you are doing it to yourself. I'm sure there's a, there's some places, obviously it's too general of a statement to be true in all cases. There are some places probably where the boss is actually overworking his technicians, his mechanics, and uh, that guy should probably be fucking uh, beaten down with a ball penis hammer. He should not be uh, in the shop, you know, trying to ride you like a rented mule. You know, I've, sa- I've said to employers a few different times when they're trying to get 
uh, you know, a lot of stuff done in a little bit of time. I said, Hey, uh, there's a stepladder over there in the corner. And they'll be like, what do I need that for? I said, you could use that to climb down off my ass motherfucker. I'm going to work at a certain pace. And this is the thing for me. And I don't know if it's like this for you. I think that for some of you, it is. If I work fast, that's when I make the most mistakes. Uh, I don't, I, I kind of skip over paying attention to stuff I should. So uh, being overworked is not really something that I'm going to, and I'm going to entertain. And what this particular, I found an article that talks about this. It talks about how it's bad for your health to be overworked and what, regardless of whether you're doing it to yourself or not, really. And also what you can do to try to get away from that. Okay. So I'm going to just pick out certain parts of this. It's a pretty long article. Oh, I have to accept all the cookies. Manage cookies. I managed to eat all the cookies. So uh, there we go. Here's what it says here. This is the uh, title of this particular article. You can follow along if you'd like. 10 plus reasons why overworking is bad for your health. And that's that's really what I'm talking about here. Okay. Obviously, uh, if you're if you're a fan of the Beatles, you know what a hard day's night is. It's just a song from the movie Help. And it was about really having a hard day and then having it extend into the night. That's what I'm talking about is if you go to work, you work, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours, and some of you do it on purpose. Some of you are uh, working four tens as a schedule, maybe three twelves. Who knows if your shop has a lot of work and maybe they don't have a lot of space for technicians. They might like to stagger some of the help. There's a lot of different things going on like that because wait for it, boys and girls, here it comes. There's a hell of a lot of cars out there that need to be fixed. Uh, there's 300 plus million in the United States where a lot of us are, and they're getting old. They're getting older every minute, every day. They're getting older. I think the right now the average is like 12 years, 12 plus years. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? That's the average. That means that for every brand new car, there has to be one that's older than 12 years. I think, honestly, your Uncle Jimmy's fucking that all up because I have my 68 Cutlass out in the garage and I'm I'm going to be terrorizing the streets of Austin again with it soon, I hope. I overheated it pretty good and I don't know if it's going to want to respond uh, properly. I may have to yank it out and do something different with it. But with the cars being older and with there being a shitload of them, there's a shitload of them that are broken. There's a shitload of them that are going to need... Uh, uh, maintenance. So the opportunity for you to overwork either yourself or have your boss try to overwork you, it's it's out there. It's it's out there. And and I got to tell you, I don't think the money's worth it. I, I think that you have to draw a line in the sand and say, listen, I am not going to work past X, whatever that is for you. Five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock. For me, uh, by the time seven o'clock rolls around, I'm pretty well done. I got to get the fuck out of the shop. I do enjoy hanging around a little later because like I said, when everybody starts to leave at 4, 35 o'clock, they take the fucking chaos in the shop. They take it home with them and fucking practice chaos on the people at their fucking house. And uh, it just, it, it becomes quiet, serene, and I can actually concentrate and I can get some shit done. Sometimes. Uh, other times we sit around and shoot the shit with whoever's left and nothing gets done. So I have to kind of guard against that. Let me bring to you what this article says about this, okay? The first thing here is uh, why overworking is bad for your health. And overworking can be bad for your health if it's something that somebody else is doing to you. Because what they're doing is, and this is number one on the list, overwork causes stress. All right. Now, as your Uncle Jimmy, when stress shows up at my door, whether it's UPS guy or whether it's Amazon, I don't accept that package. I get it. If I if I encounter frustration uh, or stress or any kind of a situation that's going to anger me at work, I fucking leave it right there at work. I'll and, and I'm kind of famous for it. Actually, I will spout off. I will scream at a car. I will yell at tools, 
and I will uh, I will go on and on about how the Germans built the cars that I'm trying to work on, and how they fucked up how they fucked up building those cars. And it has come to and, it, and this is this does cause me some anger and some stress because when I look at something, uh, I have a really mechanical mind, and I can visualize things. I have a very good imagination. I like to think I'm creative. Uh, in a mechanical sense. So when I see something and I see the way it's built, I see the way it's put together, and I see the materials it's used, maybe the fasteners that it's used, maybe where they are, maybe where they aren't, uh, maybe where they should be, maybe where they shouldn't be, uh, and all the things that go on with these things. Uh, and obviously, I'm not an engineer of any kind, or else I wouldn't be making a podcast about being an automotive technician. But I can see stuff that shouldn't have been done that should not have been done. I had, today is a perfect example. I had to take a fucking seat apart, a second row set of seats out of a big fucking vehicle with three rows, and it wouldn't initialize. It would not initialize, and I looked at it, and I checked a bunch of wiring, and the wiring seemed like it was okay, and I found a bulletin that says the wiring's probably not okay, so I checked it, and I felt like it was good. So I replaced the module, and of course, the module did not fix it, of course, and I hate that. I hate when I'm wrong. I hate when I'm wrong because it's it's not it's not what I do. You know, I want to be right. I want to fix the the vehicles right the first fucking time. And I just get pissed. But I don't bring it home. And I so I think if you have stress in your life and you bring it home, uh, if you have somebody at home, a girlfriend, a wife, maybe a husband, whatever you have, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any judgment call here. But whatever you have at home, even if it's just a dog, don't bring that shit home with you, please. Don't fucking do it. It's not worth it. I don't care how much they're paying you. It's not worth it because they're probably not paying you enough anyway. If you want to spout off maybe to your spouse or maybe to a girlfriend or even a friend, what the fuck is is bugging you? What is fucking cranking your load off? Uh, just fucking tell them. But then shut the fuck up about it because they don't really want to hear it. Okay, everybody has difficulties at work. I don't give a fuck where you work. I'm sure there's porn stars who go home and say, Jesus Christ, what a fucking day I had at work. Maybe I feel like I was getting fucked all day. Oh, yeah, wait, I was getting fucked all day. You know, whereas when I say it, it's more of a fucking, it's not literally, it's figuratively. <laughs> uh, can you imagine, though, being a porn star and going home and going, oh, I gave it the office. <laughs> you know, whoever's at home would be like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, that's not cool. So listen, uh, what I'm trying to say is to you is a big problem with being overworked and having a hard day's night is that the, that your, if your job is causing you stress, that you need to learn to deal with it, compartmentalize it, make it small, get it over with right away. Uh, sometimes it's not pretty. There's some, there's some definite anger issues there. But the one issue I don't have with anger is it's not long lasting. It is temporary. It is brief. Uh, I go back, you know, I, I, I've said it before, about 95% of the time I'm in a great mood and I'm fun to be around. It's that 5% of the time when I'm dropping shit like I have fucking 10 thumbs or the Germans have built something that looks incredibly fucking stupid and is hard to work on just because it, they made it easy to build the fucking thing. Yeah, I get a little angry, you know, uh, but I, I always just spout off and then boom, it's all over with and I and I get back to work and I and I wish I could teach that to some of you. I wish I could teach it to you. Uh, but I can't because I don't know who nobody taught it to me. I just kind of I don't know. That's just kind of what happened. I don't like to yell at people because they take it personally. And, and that's not cool. So the first one is here. Overwork causes stress. Yes, stress can cause you major league fucking problems. OK, and this went on to address uh, quite a few of them. And I'm just going to touch on them real too. Number two, stress prevents sleep. Well, not in this fucking guy. It doesn't. 
I'm telling you, I, I've never had trouble sleeping. I suspect highly that I snore and probably have sleep apnea. But every time the doctor asks me if I snore, I say, I don't know, fuck am I supposed to know? I sleep alone <laughs> with nobody else. <laughs> it's like George Surgot. I drink alone. I sleep alone. There's nobody around. There's nobody around. If I snore, well, you know, I'm not hearing it. Nobody's telling me. I'm sure that if I did finally uh, have somebody in my life, a, a young lady, maybe a girlfriend or whatever, uh, maybe maybe a young lady, right? <laughs> Keep dreaming, pal. Uh, but if I did have somebody in my life, the first thing they would tell me after the first night they slept over is, like, man, you snore like a freight train. I go, well, what do you want from me? You know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you need sleep. Everybody needs sleep. And you need good uh, recuperative sleep you need to sleep to recharge your batteries you need to have rem sleep so that your subconscious can kind of work some shit out so when you go to work you don't feel like murdering everybody you just come in and you go hey you know forget about yesterday and get started and get get back to it and do what you do and hopefully that shit doesn't happen again uh some of the, the shit that happened the day before the chaos the bullshit the crap that comes down the pike doesn't happen again to you the next day you know uh, and and a lot of times it's not going to i have been finding and this is just my personal uh observation is that mondays monday is just an absolute fucking shit show i can't get anything done i can't turn any hours on monday it's all diagnosis there's people in my face all day long with oh i need this we need to do that we got to do this and then on monday span it, it it's a free-for-all it's just a total fucking free-for-all and i can't get a handle on it sometimes i will usually and this is one of the things i do when i work late if i work late is i set myself up for what i've got to do the next day or if it's a Friday, I'll set myself up for what I got to do on Monday. And as I'm getting ready to go to work, you know, I'm like, okay, what have I got on my plate today? You know, oh, I got a car on my lift and I've got to do this to it and I got to do that to it and I got to take it for a test drive. And I should be done with it by, if I get there at 7.30, I should be done with it by 8.15. Wrong. Eh. Usually there's about fucking 5,000 fucking things in my face and I'm not going to get that car off of my lift until about one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm serious. And this is, this is, I'm not talking about after lunch fuck i don't even go to lunch there's just so much crap that goes on so much stuff i feel like i gotta do things i gotta take care of and, and you know what i don't want to sound like i'm complaining uh I, I mean yeah obviously i am complaining but the there's nothing anybody can do about it. The chaos is just generated by all the people there. That's kind of why I like to hang around later and let them all fucking traipse home with their little lunchbox full of fucking chaos that they brought to work with them. And then I can get some fucking shit done. Stress does prevent sleep. If you bring it home with you, don't bring it home with you. This is as simple as it is. Now, you might say, well, Jesus Christ, Uncle Jimmy, how do you keep from bringing stress home? Stress is, you know, it lives in your head. Well, Okay. But you know what? The dream police should live in your head, but not stress, okay? So get them the fuck out of there. One of the things that you can do to prevent stress, and I think that this is a big thing that you can do, is you have to almost, and, I, and this is going to sound really odd, and I think that maybe subconsciously I kind of do this, and I think it's why it works for me. You almost have to think of yourself as like a character, as somebody else. You have to say, okay, uh, you know, maybe maybe your name's Bill, and everybody calls you Bill, but then there's William. And William is a raging fucking asshole who gets pissed off and angry and throws stuff and curses people out. Every once in a while, you're at work, turn yourself into William and fucking have it out with something or someone. Typically not violent, okay? I wouldn't I wouldn't want to condone violence. I don't think that that's the answer. Uh, as I always say, <laughs> it depends on the question. But you know, become William. 
just for a few minutes. Maybe you fucking, you punch a wall, maybe, maybe something softer. That would probably be better. Um, maybe you pick up something off the floor that fell on the floor 10 fucking times and you tell it if it goes on the floor 11 fucking times, that for the 11th time, you're going to throw it into the fucking woods. And then when it falls on the floor again, throw it in the fucking woods. You'll feel better, trust me. And then go get another one. You know, if it's a bolt or whatever it is, they made millions of them. There's machines right now running at a fucking, at a, 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 <laughs> they're running at, at full capacity to make bolts. There's always more bolts. Uh, maybe you don't have them in stock. Maybe you don't have one that you need right now. But believe me, there's a machine somewhere fucking banging them out. Fucking 5,000 every 10 minutes. I've seen those machines, okay? Don't bring stress home. It's going to keep you from sleeping. If you can, if you could develop, and I don't want to say you should develop schizophrenia. That's not really what I'm talking about here. But if you could develop almost like a persona, and you know, I got to tell you honestly, uh, musicians do this all the time. They'll actually, you know, they'll they'll write, record music, and go on tour, and then every once in a while they get tired of who they are or who they have been. And they'll invent a whole new persona uh, and and be that persona on a, on an album, or maybe even on a tour. They'll just tr- become somebody else. I think uh, Garth Brooks actually did that. It didn't really work out very well for him, but uh, he, he he came out with an album and he went on a. I think he went on a tour as somebody else. I don't remember the name he came up. He came up with some name. He goes, Ah, I'm not Garth Brooks. I'm somebody else. It's a, you could certainly do that. It may or may not work for you. I mean, I would I wouldn't invest a lot of time and energy into it. It's simply just a, a sort of a, a relief valve, so to speak, sort of a pressure release. And if it works for you, that's great. I think it I think subconsciously that's what I do. I become this angry, unreasonable fucking tool throwing piece of shit for about two three four minutes maybe five minutes and then i get fucking over it take a deep breath maybe fucking cram half a pop tart in my fucking yap maybe have some water or drink a soda or whatever or maybe even just go outside and yell fuck really loud i've done that before uh, <laughs> might work for you who knows okay uh let's move on here number three uh stress also gets in the way of healthy eating habits well it's <laughs> It gets in the way of it. I don't. I don't know about that. Uh, as far as not eating healthy, that's just a choice that you make. Uh, it's a choice that your uncle Jimmy makes. He eats unhealthy all the time because, well, he's lazy and he doesn't really know how to cook. I mean, he can fucking certainly heat up some shit. You know, lots of frozen stuff in the freezer over here. But uh, as far as eating healthy, I don't. I don't see the correlation between stress and eating shitty. Uh, if you eat shitty. Uh, and uh, you know what I'm talking about. I don't really have to spell it out for you, but if you eat foods that are not healthy for you, uh, and it helps you get rid of stress, uh, maybe it's a good thing. Let's just hope you don't have so much fucking stress in your life that you end up weighing four and 500 fucking pounds. It's not good at all. Okay. And obviously if you eat a lot of fatty foods, you eat a lot of sugary foods and salty foods and a lot of red meat and yada, 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 it goes on and on the list of shit. You're really kind of not supposed to eat a lot of, or any of for that matter. Uh, I definitely get, uh, yeah, I get a fucking great big goddamn train load of fucking sugar every day, and uh, I know it's not good for me, but I'm using it. I mean, I'm on my feet all day long. I need a lot of energy, so I'm using that shit up. Uh, people don't seem to think that that's what's going on with it, and I have actually cut back. I used to, I used to fucking hang an IV of Mountain Dew every fucking day, but I, I've cut back quite a bit on that. I don't, I don't, I don't need to use it for. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't need to use it for birth control anymore. Uh, I still drink a little bit. I get, you know, maybe a 12-ounce can, but I'm not drinking a fucking two-liter of Mountain Dew every day. So, And, and you could do that, too. I think that you're going to be better off if you have a better diet. And uh, uh, there's a gentleman who started working at our place a few months ago who uh, told me that he, he turned vegan because his wife was a vegan. And uh, he said that it made a, a, a very drastic change in how he lives his life. It was, uh, he has more stamina and more energy and he feels better and he's able to cope with things better because he's not putting a lot of different substances in his body, such as, you know, fatty foods and red meat and all these kinds of things and salt and sugar and all the, all those and everything that goes with that stuff as well. There's a lot mm-hmm. of different things there that they cause. We all know that that's not unknown to us. Uh, and I'm not trying to implore to you that you should become a vegan, but yeah, you know, it, it, you could, you could try it, see if it works for you. There's some people that can do it and there's some people that can't do it. Uh, usually the people who can't do it are uh, picking on the people who can, giving them shit, you know. And if those people have stress in their lives and they have a bad day, usually what you can do is just go over to them and say, hey, why don't you have a fucking hamburger or something? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. If you're a vegan, uh, more power to you. I don't think I could go that way. To me, and this is, I think this is probably true for a lot of you, the idea of having food is something that comes to you when you're hungry and you think about it for like literally 10 seconds. You're not thinking, you know, when you get up in the morning, you're not thinking about how you could make breakfast. You're not thinking about how you can make lunch or how you can make dinner. You're just going to eat something real fast, maybe, get the fuck out of the house and get down to work. And then if there's food there, you might, you know, you might go after that. That's probably never good. And then lunchtime comes around and there you are at the Burger King or the Mickey D's or Wendy's or something like that, getting your fill of fucking red meat, and Baconator or some shit. And then, uh, you know, and then for dinner, you know, you stop by the Popeye's like I just, <laughs> oh, fuck. This stuff's pretty good though, I got to say, you know, um, and if I die with a chicken bone in my fucking mouth, oh, well, you know, all right. Number four is stress is bad for your heart. Well, of course it is. Your heart can't handle it when you're pissed off because when you're pissed off, your blood pressure goes up and you want to blow your stack and, and, and it's just all that, that anxiety and that angst and, and the, the feelings of frustration and stress. Man, that shit's no good for the fucking heart, boys and girls. And if you have a history in your family of heart problems, heart disease and whatever else is going on with the hearts and your in your in your loved ones and your family and your parents, your grandparents, whatever, if they're having trouble, guess what? Chances are you're going to have trouble too. So head that shit off at the pass and tell stress to get the fuck out of your life and make it go away. Make it go away. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking shit that's bad for your heart. And uh, I really honestly, as your Uncle Jimmy, I feel like it's it's my uh, duty to kind of tell you to stop doing certain stuff and maybe have you listen to me because there's a lot of shit that's bad for your heart. Smoking being one of them. Lots of you do it. Vaping, same as smoking, maybe worse. Stop doing that. It looks ridiculous. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. I just, when I see people vape, I'm just disappointed in them. That's all there is to it. And, and yet I see a lot of people doing it. So there must be some enjoyment to it. I'm not going to find out for myself. Sorry. But uh, don't forget that that shit can kill you and probably faster than cigarettes because cigarettes, they've kind of tried to figure out how to filter that shit out of cigarettes. But I don't think a vape pen filters anything, does it? I don't know. You'd have to, you'll have to tell me because I'm not going to go out and find out because I don't give a fuck about vaping. I just wish that 
people would stop doing it because it is probably going to shorten their lives. And nobody needs that. Okay. I don't, I, I've got a strict rule here at Grease the Wheels. And that rule is that none of you, none of you are allowed to die before I do. And I plan on being around for a good while longer. So knock that vaping and smoking shit out. And you know, as far as drinking goes, hey, keep that, keep that down to a, a dull roar. Okay. Because the drinking's not good for you either. It doesn't affect your heart as much as it does your liver. You definitely uh, want to keep that stuff. Drink drink in moderation, if you would, please. Because uh, drinking can get you in a lot of trouble. And drinking has gotten me into a lot of trouble. So it's probably a good thing you quit drinking a long time ago, Uncle Jimmy, you dumb fuck. All right. Uh, wondering why overwork causes heart disease? Yeah. Well, if you have stress in your life and you worry about things and you have anxiety, yes, your heart is definitely being taxed. Uh, and, and if you're worried, here's the thing, and I wish that I could bottle this up and sell it to people. Uh, I have a whole lot. I have I'm overstocked actually with, I don't give a fuck. And you kind of have to do that. And that's a really good tool for fighting off stress. Okay. Because when you stress about something, it means you care about it and it's bothering you in some way, shape or form. But if you could just go, eh, I don't give a fuck. And you, and I don't, you could take it, you could take it too far. Let me let me remind you that you can always overdo it. You don't need to overdo it. I, I think you just need to have a little bit of it, okay? Now, I can give you a Chinese container ship full of I don't give a fuck if you want, but you do need to give a fuck about certain things, and you need to kind of pretend, really, if you, do, if you don't give a fuck, you need to kind of pretend that you do. Okay, now I don't have to pretend. I do. I care about what I do. I'm very serious about my job and what I do, and I try to do it absolutely the best I can. And there are days, usually Mondays, where it fights me tooth and fucking nail, and I'll make nothing all day long trying to diagnose something and get it right and spending like three hours and getting paid, you know, fucking six fucking tenths. It's just the story of my life, but I do it. I do it, and I don't have stress over it. Yeah, sure, I'd love to have more hours. I'd love to have more money, but you know what? I'm not going to fucking break my balls over it. And that's really what it comes down to is don't break your balls over shit that really you can't control, okay? And if you can control it, well, again, don't break your balls over it. It's like, look, just learn, okay, to say, I don't give a fuck. I don't. I don't, I don't give a fuck. You know, if you've got a car on your lift and you would like to try to have it done by five o'clock and your service advisor's jumping up and down on your ass and he wants it done by five o'clock and something goes wrong, you just have to tell him, say, yeah, five o'clock ain't going to work for you today. Well, you know, you can, if you want, you can wait another 12 hours. It'll be another five o'clock coming along, but uh, it's not going to be this one that's coming up here in a few minutes. You know, you just got to back off and you almost have to, you know, I mean, you don't want to say, oh, I don't give a fuck that car's done, but you want to just tell him, say, hey, guess what? Your uh, unrealistic expectations for when this car is going to be done? Yeah, not going to make it. Not going to make it. You're going to have to call the customer and tell them that you're a dipshit for telling them when it was going to be done when you're not the fucking guy fixing it. These people, and you know, this is a, this is a thing that could cause you stress but should not cause you stress. And if you have a smart, experienced service advisor of any type, or maybe, you know, if you have a shop owner who's been in a business, he or she, because... Because there's a lot of ladies doing this job too. They should know that they can't speak in absolutes. You cannot speak in, oh, it's definitely positively going to be done at five o'clock. They have to say, listen, I'm going to shoot for five o'clock, but I want to, I want to let you down now and let you know this is a lot of work. The guy's working on it. He's been very diligent. He's going at it, but it's quite possible that he's not going to be done at five o'clock. I would like for you to, uh, you know, back off of that expectation and let me call you at noon the next day and let you know if it's going to be done five o'clock the next day that's called 
What is that called, folks? We've talked about it an awful lot. Lowering the customer's expectations, for fuck's sake. That, you know what else that lowers? It lowers the stress level. It lowers the fucking stress level. Seriously. Let it happen. Just tell them. I tell them all the time. People say to me, oh, can you have this done by tomorrow? I say, well, give it a shot. <laughs> I'm not, you're not going to pin me down. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I'll definitely have it done tomorrow. Fuck. I'm having major, major, I'm going to say it one more time, major problems getting parts out of my parts department right now. So if you quote a job and they say they have the parts and they don't, guess what? You're not going to have it at 5 o'clock the next day. You're not going to have it. And, and that's if I can get them to order it. You might have it by the end of the week. And it's Tuesday. <laughs> And that's the thing, too. You know, don't let anybody email you stress. Don't let anybody send you stress or put it in your inbox. Don't let them text you with stress. Just tell them, say, hey, take your fucking stress and stick it up your ass. I don't want it. Here's what it goes on to say here. Stress affects your concentration and impairs your judgment. Yeah. Boy, howdy does it, man. Let me tell you what. If I'm stressing out, I can't think clearly. I can barely think clearly as it is. You add some stress and some anxiety and maybe some frustration and some anger to that fucking mix. You got a deadly brew, folks, and uh, all of it means I'm not getting a fucking thing done. I'm not going to get anything done. That's why I really kind of have to wait for everybody to go home. It would be really great if I could if I could get like a night shift set up because that was great. I did that one time many years ago, and it was fucking beautiful all the people that worked there during the day would go home at five and then we would start at four and we'd work till like new midnight one o'clock and man it was just fucking heaven for me you know it was quiet you know there wasn't fucking eight radios at fucking full blast in the shop you know i didn't have to deal with with any of the other motherfuckers and their fucking bullshit and their fucking you know whatever it is they want I don't have to listen to them talk to me endlessly about some shit I don't give a fuck about. Um, that was that was great. That was great. And I could concentrate. Working at nights was one of the best ways to avoid a hard day's night by not being up in the daytime. And it was kooky, the hours that we kept, because we would go in uh, Monday night, and, and then we would work until Friday night. And by the time we got done Friday night, we'd have the whole weekend to ourselves. And we'd be out at 1 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning, and it's like, fuck. Let's go to the bar. You know, I was in Buffalo. The bars are open till four. If you want, you know, you can go get hammered and go home. <laughs> that was some good shit, you know. And you know what, too? Honestly, if your shop's backed up and you've got an ass load of work and everybody's trying to ram it up your ass or down your throat or both, why don't you suggest that to them? I mean, is that the worst thing that could ever happen? No, it is absolutely not. If you have, uh, I, I would say it would work better in a dealership because you're going to have parts in stock at least i would like to think so and so if you were working and it was like nine ten o'clock at night and you've got a car and you need to you know it's under warranty and you've got you've diagnosed that it needs this part or that part you've got it in stock and you don't need to call anybody you don't need to ask anybody for approval you don't need to sell the part you can just go ahead and fix the fucking thing you know the people who write those ROs, they could definitely arrange it so that you know set up an arrangement where you're going to work on stuff that you can fix at night uh, where you don't need parts from a parts store or you don't need to call a customer at 1030 at night and ask them if they want to spend $5,000 to fix their car. That shit should be all done probably before, I would say, 8 o'clock in the evening, really. And I think it might even be too late for some people. But, uh, you know, I, 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 that night shift thing that we did was just fabulous. I can still remember driving to work and the traffic was going the other way and I was, you know, I was able to get to work quicker and faster. And then at night at one, you know, 12, 12, 31 o'clock in the morning, fuck going home. There was never anybody on the fucking road. You could just cruise home, you know? 
It was it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. So you know, and if you got you know, let's say where you work, you've got piles of of repair orders, and you're writing, uh, you're taking appointments for two months out, and you got more work than you can really handle. You should offer up to just come in at like noon and work till you know nine, ten, eleven, maybe. I don't know how long you would want to work, um, but just get a shift that is cattywampus and, and opposite of the shift that everybody normally works and see how much you can get done. I think that you might find it would work out for you. I I honestly believe that if we could do something like that where I work, man, I would be on that shit in a minute and I would get a lot more done and, and we could get a lot more done uh, than we do now. Uh, number six on this list is overworking may lead to bad habits. Well, I'm, I, overworking may lead to bad habits because if you overwork, you might make a real lot of money and then having a lot of money can definitely lead to a lot of bad habits. But uh, uh, aside from health risks, this is what it says, overworking links to habits that are unhealthy and detrimental. Uh, we just talked about some of them, smoking and drinking and, uh, you know, what else, whatever else. I mean, I, you know, if you're overworking, you're not an active, well, I mean, you could be an overworking criminal. You could certainly be that, but uh, uh, that's not really what. That's not really what they're talking about here, Uncle Jimmy. They're not talking about being a hardworking criminal. Uh, what they're talking about is that overworking may lead to, a, uh, in, a, in a lot of cases, they found alcohol use is one of the problems. Uh, smoking also goes hand in hand with overworking as far as some of the bad habits you might get into. Uh, I just talked about that, so I'm not really going to expound on that too much. Drinking, I got to tell you, you know, and I, I ride the fence on this one, okay, because uh, I've had... For, uh, guys I've worked with who literally have drank themselves to death. They are dead now because of their consumption. They, you know, in the in the 19th century, they would have said, oh, he died of consumption. I mean, that's what it was, you know? So it can be really, 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 really bad. It can. But I think if you take it in moderation, if you just drink a little, or, you know, maybe you go out and you get fucking really fucked up some nights, you know, as long as you don't have to work the next day, it's okay. And as you get older, you're going to find the desire to go out and get all fucked up is not a desire anymore at all. It really will just kind of ruin your weekend and maybe part of the week. And who knows, it could ruin your life, you know, if you if you drank a real lot, but not that often. So, you know, you might want to curtail the binge drinking. Your Uncle Jimmy doesn't drink anymore. He drank an awful lot when he was younger and they cut me off forever. So the liver apparently is not so good, which... It really makes sense because everything inside of me is probably not so good, including the brain. But what are you going to do? You know, I got to work with what I got. Leading to bad habits. Sure. If you if you are developing bad habits because of the stress at work, I really seriously encourage you to A, recognize that that's going on and B, get the fuck out of where it is you're working. You don't need to work that hard. Okay. In the, in the occupation that we have, as technicians, shit gets fixed or it doesn't. People's expectations about when it should be fixed, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to know what those are. I don't, I don't care what those are. And if somebody tries to, you know, uh, airmail you or text you with some stress over that shit, you just got to tell them fuck off. Don't let that shit run your life. Don't let it ruin your life. Don't let it make you start using illegal or illicit drugs or drink too much or or start smoking. Uh, either regular cigarettes or whatever other <laughs> kinds of cigarettes you might want to smoke. Don't let that shit, don't let those motherfuckers do that to you. Just don't let them. Tell them to go fuck themselves, okay? Number seven, overwork can cause depression. Yeah, it can. But I got to be honest with you. Can I Can I be honest with you? I mean, I'm your Uncle Jimmy for Christ's sakes. Can I be honest with you? Uh, overwork causes depression. It can. 
Okay, if you feel like you work all the time, and I think some of you actually do work all the time, uh, and I, I, I want to just say real quick, kudos to you for being dedicated and motivated. And, and myself personally, I work a good chunk of time, okay? But overwork does not cause depression in me. Now, maybe it causes depression in you. I can't speak for all of you out there. If overworking causes depression in you, stop fucking overworking. Stop it. And if somebody's riding your ass and trying to get you to do more and more and more every fucking day, fucking grease the fucking wheels, baby. Okay? It's called grease the wheels for a fucking reason. If people are fucking you up and ruining your life and causing you stress and anxiety and anguish and anger and they're not and or and or they're not paying you tighten up the resume and get the fuck out the demand here is the uh grease the wheels mantra the demand is overwhelming out there for technicians it's overwhelming if you're working in a place like i i am and you see the new hires come in the door they've given up they've had to give up there's nobody out there with experience training they have to start from scratch and it's the fuck and it's a <laughs> i i gotta tell you it's a problem they fucking created so fuck them, okay? They created the problem by not paying. They created a problem by treating technicians and mechanics like shit. So all those people out there who treated mechanics like shit, treated technicians like shit, and didn't pay them worth a fuck, if they're suffering now, good. Fuck them. Fuck them. And don't let them hand you that stress, okay? They've got 10 cars they need fixed. You're the only guy working for them because they pissed everybody else off and chased them out of the fucking building. Just tell them, say, hey, I'm going home at 5 o'clock. I don't give a fuck what is done and what isn't done. Oh, I need you to work late. No, no, you don't. You need to fucking pull your head out of your ass, pull your wallet out of your back pocket, pay some people to come in here and help me fix all these fucking cars because I am not going to do it myself. And if they give you shit, you tell them to F-O-N-D and you tighten up the res and you get out there and you look for a better place to work. There are, and I got to tell you, there are some great opportunities out there, some fantastic opportunities out there even if you have just a little bit of experience if you have a good attitude and and this is something you don't get if you're overworked if you know, over being overworked or having somebody push you to the limit can certainly ruin an attitude but you know what if you have a good attitude and people are doing that to you then you gotta you got you gotta kind of turn down the good attitude and turn up the fucking hey go fuck yourself attitude because this is your life you can't let people ruin it you can't let people run it you have to live your life. And living your life involves not working as much as you do work. Um, as far as depression goes, I did want to say this real quick and then I want to move on. Overwork causes depression. In my case, if I get depressed, I want to be at work because then I can think about something that else besides possibly being depressed. And I'm not depressed very often, but when I, but every once in a while, man, let me tell you what, it just doesn't look good for me and I don't feel good or I just don't like the way things are going and I get depressed too, but it doesn't last that fucking long because I start thinking about what's making me depressed. And I say, you know what? Fuck that. Fuck all that. All right. Number eight. This is weird because it, they, they want to, they use the Japanese term for this. It's, and I'm not sure I'm saying it right. It's Karoshi, uh, or, uh, it translates from Japanese. It means overwork death or death from overwork. Uh, a, uh, it can be done. It was done quite a bit in some countries during world war two, where they just kept, slave driving people to build tanks and guns and bombs and shit so they could beat the nazis or the japanese or or even some of them to to try to beat us the u.s and the allies the british and especially the russians uh they they suffered mightily at the hands of the germans in world war ii and so uh there were a lot of people who worked themselves to death trying to build tanks and guns and 
and planes and bombs and shit so they could drive the Nazis out of their country. And they were uh, they were successful. They were phenomenally successful. They lost a hell of a lot of people in that war. But overwork, death from overwork. Now it says here it's kind of a Japanese thing. It's like, look, uh, there's no need for it, okay? Uh, whatever it is you do, you just do it. But the day is, and I, I like to look at it this way myself personally, the day is divided into three eight-hour pieces. Eight hours of it should be spent sleeping. Eight hours should be spent working if you need money to live, which we all do. And eight hours should be spent not sleeping or working, okay? And if you're infringing on one or the other with work, well, try to get a handle on that shit, okay? And keep it to a minimum. One of my very favorite things, I've talked about this earlier, is that uh, I have a gentleman that I work with, and his wife works in the same building, and they have a brand new uh, baby girl. And uh, I love these people uh, almost more than my own family. But uh, they leave at 5 o'clock on the goddamn dot. And I enjoy that so much because here's here's people who are have they're having a, a absolutely a, a magnificent time being parents and and having fun with their daughter and and having a life that does not include being at work all the fucking time <laughs> and a kind of a uh, actually if, if if truth be told it great role model like look you know I mean I stay late to try to get some shit done and get myself set up for the next day and maybe you know finish this or finish that I should be more like them I should fucking I should drop what I'm doing at five o'clock or five thirty and fucking screw I should but then I would come home and what would I do I don't know make a podcast yeah I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> All right, here's uh, that was the eight. It said 10 plus, but it was eight, eight things uh, that cause, uh, you know, overworking, eight things that overworking causes and uh, things that are bad for you. Now, uh, here says why overworking is bad for your career. Uh, these I'm going to go through real quick because if you are a chronic overworker, if you work a lot, like, like your Uncle Jimmy does, there's a lot of places where they will recognize that you do a lot of good work and you're always there and you're always available and they'll like you. And when they like you, then you can you can partake of maybe, you know, it depends on what kind of place you're in. If you're a mechanic or a technician, really there's almost no place for us to go. We might be able to, to be foreman. Uh, we could always jump over to being a service advisor, which is something I definitely don't recommend to anybody because that's a job that's full of stress because you have to deal with the general public. And the general public is generally really fucking stupid. And it's getting worse every day. I just want to just want to put that out there to you. You think the vehicles are getting hard to work on every day? You're not wrong. They're getting harder and harder to work on because they keep coming up with more and more systems. And a lot of these companies that are building cars these days, I mean, we're talking right now and even while I speak, uh, they are building cars that have the potential to be programmed to drive themselves. They haven't got, the, they're not turning that shit on. It's available. In the cars I work on, it's available. It's there. They could they could turn it on. Somebody could turn it on. Somebody probably will somewhere. There's always some fucking guy out there who knows everything. And he goes in and he says, all I got to do is write a little code and away we go. And I can fucking have a nap in this car while I'm driving down the road, which probably would not be a good thing. We've talked about that many times. But the, the problem is, is that people are not keeping up with the uh, technological advances. Uh, there's, there's so many people that want their cars to do things that they can't, or they want them to do things that they shouldn't, or that they're, you know, I, I mean, you've seen it. They're on their fucking phone driving down the road. They're, they could be going anywhere from 50 to 90 miles an hour. And they got one hand on the phone or, you know, a big Mac with the other fucking hand and they're steering with their fucking knee. It's like, yo, what the fuck's going on here? You're, you're just an accident waiting to happen. 
mean, literally, and I want to get away from you, you know? You know, so you're going to text somebody, say, hey, are you going to... And that's it, you know? You, you drove into a, a bridge abutment at fucking 80 miles an hour. And they find, they find your, they'll find your fucking phone. They'll have a, a pretty good idea when the accident was, and they'll see that you were on your phone, and they're going to be like, yeah, the phone kills another one. Another one bites the dust, goddammit. It's like, what the fuck? You know, there's really no place for a technician to go... I mean, yes, like, like I said, you could be a foreman, possibly, maybe a, maybe a service advisor if you're insane enough, uh, maybe a service manager, maybe you could move into the parts department, people have done that. I'm, I went the other way and moved out of the parts department. Uh, the, the life of a parts man is not that great because the pay is not so good. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it's a little bit easier than being a mechanic. Uh, at least I think so. Anyway, here's what it goes on to say. Why overworking is bad for your career. More input doesn't necessarily mean more output, okay? So if you're at work for 10, 12, 15 hours a day, you may not be productive for all those hours. And it's going to seem like a waste of time. And there's some places where they may say, oh, I need you to work late tonight. Uh, They might say, I want you to work till eight. You know, you've already been there. You got there at eight. So now it's a 12-hour day with, with two half hour lunches or maybe just one hour lunch, or maybe they bought lunch, who knows? But they're trying to get absolutely the maximum amount of productivity out of you. And you're going to reach a point where there just isn't any more for you to give them. You have to go home. You have to not be at work. You have to spend time not being at work. The term I always hear is work smarter, not harder. Uh, I've always kind of felt like, well, okay, if I know what I'm doing and I know how to do what I'm doing and there's no real better way to do it, how can I work smarter at it? I can work hard at maybe get it done faster, uh, but it doesn't make me smarter doing it the way I did it. Uh, What I find is, and I think all of you find this to be true, I think you can agree with this, uh, with a lot of different jobs on certain vehicles, you do them once and you figure out easier ways to do it and you get better at it. And after a while, if you've done it a couple, two, three times, you can really fucking crank. You can really crank. I'll give you an example. Uh, I've got a job to do tomorrow, that is if the parts come in, of changing the motor mounts on a car. And that job pays right around eight hours. It's going to take me probably 45 minutes. So, But the first time I did it, I did it the way that the uh, brand I work for says that I should do it. And it took me about an hour and a half, maybe closer to two. Still paid pretty fucking well for that much work. But now, don't need to fucking... I don't need to fuck around. I don't. I don't fuck around. I just do it, and bang, I'm getting it done. Um, and I need that because uh, right now, uh, you know, it's Tuesday, and I got one hour so far for the week. But I've been diagnosing the living shit out of everything, so I don't know. I may have one hour on Monday and an hour and a half on Tuesday, and then Friday I'll have fucking ninety-two. It's just the way it works, and this is one of the reasons why working flat rate kind of sucks, and why we should be why we should be a salaried or possibly hourly. It's like you know, if, if I'm gonna bang out diag work half the week or maybe even for a whole week and as that's happened too and then the next week i'm going to put it all in and i could actually and this has actually happened to me and i'm sure it happens to some of you if you work like this you'll have one week where you'll turn a hundred dollars and then the next week you turn 22 and then you turn 90 and then you turn 40 41 you know it's like there's no consistency to it there's no consistency to the work that's coming in there's no consistency to the work that you get and it, that can cause you stress. And a lot of times, at least for me, when I have to do a lot of diag, I spend, like I said, I spend a lot of time trying to make the right and proper diagnosis. And then I got to deal with the fact that, uh, and then I say I, I got to deal with the fact that there's a lot of times where I'll spend, you know, good couple, two, three hours getting paid an hour to diag something, 
hoping and praying that the service advisor can sell it. And in those situations where they just, oh, they don't want it. I, I just want to choke the shit out of them because I'm looking, you know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like having 17 and, and then, you know, having them give you another card. It's like, look, I, I just want a four. But I'm not getting it. You know, you're just there's just no way. I, I, I'm against the deck is stacked against me when it comes to somebody selling some of the repairs I need. And I got a, I got a, uh, a podcast coming up in the future here about videos because what we're finding is that a lot of times, at least in our situation at the shop I'm in, a lot of times uh, the repairs and the recommendations for maintenance that get sold are sold because we recommended them in the videos that we do. We have actually sold the parts and the services. We've sold the repairs in the video. And all the all the service advisor has to do is just approve it, get the parts coming, and let me know that it's approved. That's it. That's all. They don't have to do anything, really, literally. Sometimes they'll call up on the phone and go, hey, uh, the guy in the video said that my tires are bad, so can you give me four tires in alignment? And then <laughs> and this blows me away whenever it happens. <laughs> the service advisor come out, hey, I sold those tires in alignment for you. Really doesn't matter to me what they say as long as, you know, as long as they're getting the job done. It's like whatever. If they're left to them to themselves, if they're left alone and not monitored or scrutinized in any way, shape, or form, they won't even talk to the customer. There you go. Here's your keys. That's the extent of their conversation with them. Uh, I've got some other things that I started doing also too, just to just to kind of uh, give you, give you a little heads up on this one. When I do when I do finally get to a point where I want to uh, do a podcast on videos again, I got a couple things I came up with that can uh, change the conversation. Okay, and I'll leave it at that and let you wonder what it is, and maybe you come up with it on your own if if in fact you're doing videos, folks. I don't want to ramble on about it too much more, but. The videos have really kind of changed the, the game extraordinarily. And we're, we'll talk about it when we, when we uh, get to the podcast. It's going to be in a couple of weeks. I'm going to try to formulate uh, some things and come up with some ideas for you and maybe help you get into the groove of doing it. It's, it sucks, first off. the Off the bat, it sucks. So uh, look forward to that. Okay, now I want to keep going forward here. How this is another way that overwork or being overworked is bad for your career. If you consider your job as an auto mechanic or a technician at career, I don't know. Uh, there's not much help for you. Of course, I, I consider it a career, but uh, I can assure you there's not much help for me. Number two, you call in sick because you are. Uh, being overworked can make you sick. Absolutely, I, I, I agree. I mean, if you, know, if you have a little cold, and you go to work, and maybe they don't heat the fucking building worth the fuck, which is going on in a lot of places. You could get sicker, and then the next day, you're not coming into work because you're fucking really deathly sick. And then, you, of course, you're going to get the call or the text, where are you? Oh, we need you. Oh, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm going to get better. How about that? How about if I do that? Okay, there's some stress there, you know, when your boss calls up and says, oh, are you sick? How sick are you? It's like, fuck you. I'm, I'm sicker than you think I am and then hang up on them don't take this i'm gonna tell you seriously i've never had anybody do that to me and you can tell why just listening to me people don't fucking get in into my shit too often some people do but most people don't get into my shit without me letting them in i'm not going to open the door and let them get even close to giving me shit especially if i'm sick if i'm sick and i'm sitting home on the couch and maybe i'm watching tv and maybe i got the heat cranked up and i'm eating some chicken soup and i'm just taking some nyquil and i'm probably going to be in a fucking coma for the next 11 hours somebody calls me up and says hey man we really need you at work and i'm going to be like hey man go fuck yourself click seriously and i think that you need to learn how to do that and maybe what i'll do maybe what i do because i've been wanting to do this for a while i'm going to put together a, a 
a video for YouTube, how to avoid stress, the Uncle Jimmy way. And I think that, you know, maybe maybe some of those those tips, tricks, and hints that are going to come out of the pile of your Uncle Jimmy may not be any good for you. They may not be any good for anybody. But there are things that maybe will help you out just in attitude alone. If you know somebody like me, and I pray that you don't, but maybe maybe you have a twin to your Uncle Jimmy out there somewhere, and nobody gets under his fucking skin unless he wants him to. I'm kind of like that. If somebody wants to give me shit, they better be ready to get it right fucking back at him. That's one of the ways I avoid stress. If you're sick um, and you don't feel good, go back to fucking bed. Just get better. Life's too short to go to work really, really sick. I've gone to work sick, but only because I'm tough. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to prove anything. I don't need the money. I just, I'm, I'm dependable and reliable. And unless I am like, unless I had like an arm amputated, I'm probably going to go to work. I actually got, and this is no lie. I had, uh, well, it must've been fucking 2020. I avoided getting COVID for a long, long fucking time. And then towards the end of that year, it was like December. I fucking got it. And I was at work. And honestly, I can remember exactly when it hit me because it felt like somebody dropped a fucking pallet of bricks on my head. And I was in the middle of doing a four-wheel brake job, you know, rotors and pads all the fucking way around. And I felt like it, I was going to fucking die. But you know what? I bucked up as a man, and I fucking finished that brake job, put that shit outside, stayed the fuck away from everybody, went home, took a shower, went to fucking bed, didn't show up to work for a couple fucking days. And then it was right as rain again. And I think when you're when you're sick, you need to just look, look in the mirror and just say, you're sick, get the fuck out of here. If your boss says anything to you, just tell him to fucking, you tell him Uncle Jimmy said to say, fuck you. Or suck my dick, whatever you want to say. It's fine. You tell him I said to say so, okay? You call in sick because you are, and if you're, you know, if you're working too much, you're overworked, you, you gotta go home and you just gotta get better. You gotta get better, and you're not gonna get better at work, okay? Number three is you lose sight of the bigger picture. What is the bigger picture? I think everybody's bigger picture is uh different than everybody else's. My bigger picture is uh Playboy Centerfold. That's the biggest picture I got. I got the <laughs> No, I don't have them on my bedroom wall. What am I fucking stupid? I used to. No, what they're talking about, they're not, they're not talking about that. What they're talking about is, what is your life about? What is your work life about? What is your daily, what are your daily tasks? What do you have to do at work? Why is it so important? Why is it not that fucking important? Think about that. You know, I, I, I honestly think about this on a fairly regular basis, to be honest with you. People have a car in my in, a, in my shop. I may be working on it. I run into a problem, whether it's something broke or something else was wrong with it or the parts were wrong or, you know, it could be a, a lot of different things. It's somebody else's car. It's not my car. My car works great because I take care of it. Somebody brings me some piece of shit they're beating the fucking crap out of and I can't get it fixed or I fix something and three other things are now broken because you you don't take care of it. I'm, I'm not going to have any sympathy for you. The big picture is, is that you are responsible for your stuff. I'm here to fix it if you if you need to have it fixed. If you have not taken the responsibility to do the maintenance and do any repairs and the little simple repairs you could do or any little simple repairs or maybe big repairs that were estimated to you or that were somebody diagnosed and give you an, an estimate for and you didn't do them. And now all of a sudden, instead of having a little problem or even a medium-sized problem, now you have a great big fucking problem. And one of the parts of your great big fucking problems is that I don't give a fuck about your great big fucking problem. Because part of the problem is the fucking link between the driver's seat and the fucking steering wheel. Now, there's plenty of people out there who have big problems with their vehicles. 
but they've taken every they've they've done everything they're supposed to do. They've taken care of it. They've come back to the same shop every time. They trust the same people. You might even know them. They might even bring you bagels. They might even bring you donuts. They might they might be the best customer in the world, but something bad happens to them with their car. Guess what? You might take a little better care of that customer. You might you might be in a position to to really help that guy out, you know? Maybe instead of quoting a, a transmission job at 12 hours like you would, you say I'll knock it out for eight, give you a four-hour discount on that on, on my end because we're used to seeing you. You drop off bagels, you give us liquor at Christmas, whatever. But don't lose sight of the big picture. That's not your car. You can do that if you want. You can certainly do that. They got a name for, uh, uh, there's a term that they use out there for people who have grown completely disenchanted with their jobs for whatever reason. And uh, they're really just leaning towards getting the fuck out of there. Uh, they call it quiet quitting. Uh, and they, they just, they just, they, they're in a shutdown mode. And that's another part of losing sight of the big picture is that, you know what, you work somewhere, you get a job there, you're excited, you know, they, they're happy to have you, you're happy to be there, they pay you, you do your job. But then after a while, there's just, there's no, there's no advancement. There's no getting better. There's no raises. There's no, uh, appreciation. This is certainly something that's a fucking huge deal in repair shops and dealerships. There's none of that shit. There's none of that fucking shit. And I think you have a hell of a lot of quiet quitting going on in some shops where management has just turned a deaf ear to people's needs or wants or even their just basic uh, human need to be appreciated or shown some sort of some sort of uh, appreciation, some sort of uh, congratulations for a job well done, or maybe even even just the slightest bit of a of a thank you, the slightest hint of a job well done. Hey, you know anything, anything really? It's just if it's not there, you're going to have people doing this quiet quitting thing on you, man. Lots of people are doing it. They have lost the incentive and the motivation, and the morale is low, and they're they're thinking. Honestly, very seriously, getting the fuck out. And one of these days, they're probably going to. And then you're going to sit around if you're not an effective manager or shop owner, if you're not effective at at getting and keeping and grooming and training and appreciating your employees, you're going to experience a fucking hell of a lot of this. A lot of people nowadays uh, are looking for a lot of different things from an employer. A lot, a lot. Some of them are reasonable. Some of them are not reasonable. You know, there's... There's places I've worked where they had a 401k and they matched and then all of a sudden they said, yeah, we're not fucking matching anymore. And some people were very upset about that. And I'm on the fence about that. It's like, look, they're going to, you know, they're going to take 6% out of your paycheck, which is who even knows how much, depending on how much you make. And they're going to match it with 3% of their own. It's like, fuck, you know, it used to be 6%. They used to match, you know, they used to match what you put in and they're not doing that anymore. They, they cut to 50% of match. It's like, hey, if they're giving me anything at all. How can I be upset about that? It's like it's like complaining about a free lunch. It's like who does that? Well, there are fucking people who do that. Okay, uh, you got to kind of look at you know, and if you lose sight if lose sight of the big picture, and you're having a lot of hard dates nights, and you're in a in a quiet quitting mode, you just need to fucking mouth off. Don't be passive aggressive. Just say something to your boss. Say, listen, every fucking day I come in here. I regret coming in. And every day I go home, I wonder if I'm actually going to want to come back the next day. You kind of need to change something here so that I don't dread coming to work. That's really what it comes down to. Number four on this list, you pose a risk to yourself and others. <laughs> well, if they would stay, if they just work far enough away from me that I can't hit them with my fucking, <laughs> my fucking uh, slip joint pliers when I'm fucking throwing them. No, I don't. I'm, I'm, folks, I'm not a tool thrower. They fall on the floor a fucking hell of a lot, but uh, I'm having a lot, a lot of help with that. 
Thank you, gravity. I don't tell you, gravity sucks. You pose a risk to yourself and others. Overwork and longer hours are significant occupational safety and health hazards as they lead to fatigue. Well, yes, if you are tired, and I don't care if you just got there at eight and it's nine o'clock and you're tired, it could be a recipe for disaster with certain operations that you might have to perform on an automobile, like a test drive. Suppose you're really, really fucking tired. You came to work anyway because you're dependable, reliable, and you need to get the job done. You need to make money and you're out on a test drive and you fall asleep at the fucking wheel. How good would that be? It's not good. You could hit a bus load of cheer cheerleaders oh, i can't have that don't do that listen seriously uh if you've got some kind of condition going on where you can't really do something the way you're supposed to do it and you recognize that it could cause uh, a safety hazard you really have a responsibility to, to either stop what you're doing and, and get out of there or to take a break or even just not work so goddamn much, really. I mean, I don't care how much money you earn. I don't care what your rate is per hour. I don't care what your bonus is. Um, if you get to a point where you're not going to be able to make good decisions because you're tired, you're not going to be able to do the job right because you can't concentrate because you're tired, you have to go home. You have to cut your losses and get the fuck out. Fatigue is a real fucking thing. Believe me, <laughs> I'm an old guy. Fatigue it's something that showed up with the AARP application, okay? Uh, and it came in a big, empty box, and I got tired just opening the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, you get tired, man. Just go home. Go to fucking bed, okay? Get some fucking sleep. And, you know, honestly, uh, the one person that needs the, <laughs> the most sleep is this guy here behind the microphone because I have, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I go to bed. If I go to bed, I usually go to bed right around midnight and I'm up at five. I'm up at five. What is that? Four hours, five hours? Yeah, learn some math. Why don't you? It's just how you're going to be awake all that much. Uh, if I go to bed at 10, guess what? I'm up at three. I can't figure this out. Why can't I? Why can't if If I, like on the weekends, I'll sleep in, but it's not sleeping. I still wake up after the prerequisite five hours and then just roll around in bed trying to figure out what I'm going to do a podcast on. And, uh, Sometimes I come up with nothing. And then I do it anyway. <laughs> and it makes no sense like this one. Yeah, you know, if you're working and, uh, you know, some of these automobiles that we work around, there's some dangerous things that go on with them. Uh, not too many, okay? But if you're working, and, and here's the thing too, a lot of us are working on electric cars. Do you want to be really exhausted and tired when you're working on an electric car? You could set a wrench down in the wrong fucking spot and it could be all over for you. And you know what? Here's another thing too I just kind of want to point out is you're not hearing any stories about technicians who might get hurt, maimed, or even killed working on electric cars. Do you ever notice that? Holy shit. Why is that? Do you think that nobody's out there getting hurt working on them? Yeah. Okay. Sure thing. No, uh, there are people out there, technicians who have been working, who have worked and are working on electric cars who have gotten hurt working on them. But you're not going to hear about it. So listen, seriously, if you're if you're working on hybrids, you're working on fully electric vehicles, and you're tired, and you think you might make a mistake, or somebody else says, hey, listen, man, you're in no condition to work on this shit, because you have to pay attention. Now, I've said before that they're pretty simple. I mean, it's like a cordless electric drill or a cordless impact. It's a motor with a battery. This the, Those batteries are typically wired in series, although now they're doing some of them with a few parallel circuits in it. Um, and I forget the exact reason why I learned it. I just don't remember it. When you hook a battery up in series, you you increase the voltage. So even though it is just a cordless electric 3.8 impact, it's supposed to move a car. So the voltage is a lot fucking higher. And oh, by the way, it will fucking kill you if you let it. So don't be 
Don't be incapacitated in any way, shape, or form when you're working around this shit. Don't do drugs. Don't be drunk. And don't be really, really fucking tired. Because one of you guys is going to fuck up and die touching something wrong with with the wrong kind of tool. And I don't want to hear about it. And the way the media works anyway, I'm probably not going to hear about it. They're definitely not going to do, they're definitely not going to say, oh, you know, a hundred technicians last year were were hurt working on electric cars because that doesn't fit their narrative. But you have to know, okay, I think you have to know, I know that it is happening. It is happening and you're not going to hear about it, okay? Just so you know, that's the political climate we have going on. Uh, Number five, let me move on from that. I don't want to get in trouble with Eric. Number five, overworking hinders creativity well as far as being an automotive mechanic there's not a real lot of creativity that goes on there i mean sure you know if you're working in a in a repair shop that does uh, modifications to cars or if you're working in a restoration shop sure the creativity is boundless and endless and 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 expected in those types of situations in a repair shop where you're just fixing cars a lot of times uh, there's really not a lot of need for creativity. You know, you, the car's broken. You have to figure out why it's broken. Then you have to fix it. You don't usually have to be too creative. Typically, you can be in some cases if parts aren't available or if, or if you can make a better repair doing something different and it works better than the original uh, way they were doing whatever system it is you're working on, then I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm always all for it. If you can find a better, easier, cheaper, more effective way of doing something, I'm looking forward to that all day long. Um, As far as creativity, yeah, being overworked can hinder that. I mean, you know, how long can you go? How long can you stay awake? Jesus Christ. I mean, can you stay awake for two, three days? I mean, suppose you're building a car for uh, the SEMA show trying to win the Riddler Award or, uh, you know, any of these other car shows where they they show your shit on TV and you really want to win so that you can be the best hot rod builder in the United States or even in the world for that matter. And then you've gotten yourself down to a deadline where you got to do 100 things in the next 15 minutes and you're not going to be able to do it. Your creativity goes out the fucking window. Creativity goes out the window. Your stress goes to goes to DEFCON 1, and you, you can't get it done. Uh, I personally don't understand why, uh, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do something like that where you want to build something for a car show or a, a, a trade show like SEMA or something along those lines where they give an award, it's very, obviously very prestigious. Why would you run that shit right down to the deadline? You, you know, it's coming. There's going to be another one the next year, but that's me. I'm, I'm honestly, uh, as your uncle Jimmy, I'm a very non competitive person. I've always, uh, you know, when it comes to sports, I'm not competitive. I like to play them, but I just like to play. I don't even give a shit who wins. Talk to somebody who's really super competitive and they'll be like, they'll hear something like what I just said and go, holy fuck, are you kidding me? That's the only reason for playing. No, it isn't. The reason I'm playing some game, any game really, whether it's athletic or not, is just to have a fucking good time, have some fun. But uh, there's always going to (laughs) be that one dickhead who's out there all upset and pissed off because you're not putting in maximum effort to win. You know, it's like, oh, it's not going to happen. Sorry, not with this guy anyway. There's a lot of stuff that goes along with that too, discipline and competitiveness and agility and all shit I don't all shit I don't have. It, there's a little tip here. It says pro tip. This is under five overworking hinders creativity. When you do take time off, keep a notepad or a phone nearby. Be sure to note your ideas down quickly when creativity strikes. That's the thing with being creative is in, in, in my case, I like to think that I'm fairly creative. I don't have a, a yardstick to measure it with. 
But uh, creativity, I think it, it comes and goes with the seasons or maybe with the moon or, or certain planets lining up or anything like that because there's no rhyme or reason. There's days where I, I can literally lay on the couch and think of about two dozen different inventions that would do different jobs and that I could probably make a million dollars with each and every one of them. And there's other days where I can't even figure out how to open a fucking can of soup. It's it's really weird. So when, when creativity strikes, you should have something nearby, whether it's a recording device or maybe you can record something on your phone or video something on your phone or just write it down on a piece of paper or on a scratch pad of some sort. Uh, write that shit down. If you're like me, you forget that stuff. I've probably forgotten half a dozen really honest to God, really good million dollar ideas and i just don't remember them at all number six exhaustion this is what it says here exhaustion makes multitasking harder and eh, no shit being exhausted makes everything harder except sleeping so make sure you get enough of that shit you won't have to deal with exhaustion if you work yourself to the point of exhaustion somebody needs to come over and have a talk with you because it, it does affect it affects a lot of different things and it affects them in ways that are not good uh if you're at work and you work until you're exhausted and almost passing out. How the fuck are you going to get home? Are you going to climb behind the wheel of your car and drive home? I mean, even if it's just a five-minute drive or a 10-minute drive, if you're exhausted, man, you're you're not alert. Your motor skills are just not going to work right. You're, you're headed for an accident. I think a lot of times people are just really fucking tired and they hit things because they were too tired to turn the fuck steering wheel. <laughs> All right, here's a little list of, and these are, this is what they call it. These are symptoms of overwork. And uh, we're not going into the cause. We're just going into the symptoms. And we're just going to spend a little time talking about these real quick here. Sleep disorders, insomnia, uh, work-related fatigue. Sure, that's uh, that's bad shit. We just got done talking about that. Lack of concentration, absolutely. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I like to stay a little late because I can concentrate much easier when I don't have to deal with fucking all the people in my shop talking making noise doing this that and the other thing playing radios and shit uh, i just prefer a little peace and quiet that helps me with my lack of concentration if i'm overworked yeah i'm definitely gonna have a lack of concentration weakened immune system is another uh symptom uh yeah sure i mean if you're exhausted and and it could be mentally or physically or both yeah, your immune system is going to take a fucking hit. Uh, your immune system takes a hit from a lot of different things, boys and girls. Uh, cold weather, being wet, uh, you know, things like that. You got to kind of try to avoid those things because, you know, I mean, obviously, if your immune system is compromised even just a little bit, you're susceptible to some shit. And I'll tell you what, after getting in and out of some of these fucking cars, I'm surprised I haven't caught the fucking plague because some of them are so f fucking filthy. It's ridiculous ridiculous uh emotional exhaustion i think i honestly struggle with that one quite a bit myself emotionally i'm exhausted uh and i think one of the things is is that uh part of my my personality is that i want to kind of be in control i think that it's it's even tough to uh own up to that okay but i want to be in control of my environment and i'm not there's other there's so many other people there they're all doing things their own way. They're making a mess, which you guys know by now drives me wild. Uh, they're, they're talking too loud. Uh, they're playing the radios too loud. They're parking cars in my way. It's just so much shit. And I don't say anything to them because, in, because first off, it's not my place. 
Okay, I'm not the boss. It's a good fucking thing for some of these fucking people, but I'm not the fucking boss. And but these things still wear me out emotionally, and it's ridiculous. And I have to kind of keep that shit inside. I have to remember, hey, I have to remember, a, I'm not their boss. B, you know what? A lot of times people do shit like that. Maybe they don't put a tool back in the tool room, or maybe they just fucking leave shit laying around. You know, it's fucking dead batteries all over my shop right now. Nobody picks them up except me. I swear to God. But uh, and then I do that. Okay, and I'll tell you why here in a minute, but those people that do that stuff, they are not doing it to be malicious. They're being lazy is really what they are, and and I expect that. I expect that uh, because a flat rate technician is not going to take a battery and carry it even 10 fucking feet to the parts department because he doesn't get paid for that. It's been a while since you heard that one. Yeah, I don't get paid for that. Fuck, it's a good thing that breathing is involuntary because you know what? Some of the fucking techs I know, they wouldn't breathe. You know why? Because they don't get paid for that. Uh, one of the things that I do, and uh, this is tough for me to even say out loud because I know this is true. One of the reasons that I like to pick up the shop and clean up the shop and make it look neat and put things back where they belong is because it puts me in control of my environment. Even if for just a little while. Uh, if everything is where it's supposed to be, everything is is put away and, and marshaled to wherever it's supposed to go, then I'm okay with the world. And it, it just gives me a little sense of, it's so weird too, but it gives me a sense of satisfaction and it puts it puts me back in control of my environment and uh, and emotionally I, I feel better about myself and where I work when I do that. Uh, I know of absolutely no other fucking human being on the planet who thinks that way. It's probably a good thing. I don't know. Uh, here's something else that uh, is a symptom of overwork, and that's being overweight. Yeah, uh, and they said it goes both ways. Okay, you might get fat uh, because some people uh, substitute food for love and, and overdo it. And some people will skip meals. Uh, and and I, th- I think, you, you know, you could find... Uh, in, in some shops, you'll, you'll find some mechanics and technicians who are just pencil thin. On top of having great envy for somebody like that, um, they may have worse a worse health condition than you do. They may Their health may be bad, as bad as yours, or worse because they're just malnourished, really, what it comes down to. Uh, in my case, I'm uh, overweight and uh, I eat, eat a lot of junk, you know, the old the old Popeye's four-piece combo that I had for dinner before I did the podcast. Yeah, that's probably going to put me in a grave a few minutes earlier than it would have if I hadn't eaten it. So, you know, that's one of the things. And and I, I don't want to say I was overworked. Not today. I mean, I I, I did finish up a job. I, I That's all I really wanted to do. I just wanted to get to the end of it. And I ended up leaving at 7.30, and I decided on the, road, on the ride home, and I wasn't going to cook dinner or make anything for dinner at home. I was going to grab something. And I pulled by fucking Popeye's, and there they were. Handing out chicken through a window. I was like, fucking cool. Here, put it on my card. Boom. Away I went. Cops were there, too. About about a dozen of them standing around having a fucking circle jerk or something. I don't know what the fuck was going on. I don't really care. I got my chicken and got the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, who's to blame? This is it, this is where this goes from here, okay? Because this is a pretty good article. And I'm butchering the shit out of it. And I apologize to whoever wrote it. Uh, who's to blame for overworking? Uh, and and this, goes, this goes into it really quickly because there's only a couple two three people over ambitious managers sure a manager or a shop owner could definitely cause you or at least try to cause you to overwork uh it depends on how you feel about your shop owner or your manager how you might how you might be susceptible to overworking say you want to get ahead say you want to enjoy some advancement maybe a raise and so you're working your ass off to get one 
And uh, a lot of times, I got to be honest with you, I'd say probably 80% of the time, shit doesn't work. You just work hard and they don't think that they should give you a raise. They're not going to, it's not something they're going to think of on their own. You have to go and say, listen, I've been breaking my ass out here. How about fucking uh, knocking me, uh, knocking my uh, rate of pay up a little bit? Oh, you want more money? Yeah. Do I, what do you want me to say? Give me a fucking raise, asshole. What do you want me to say? I'm trying not to be passive aggressive here, but give me a fucking raise. Uh, overambitious managers. Yeah. They can certainly try to uh, cause you to be overworked. They can certainly try. I got to be honest with you. I said it earlier. I I don't, you know, if you're a mechanic and they got something you want, you, they want you to do and you don't want to do it, they're not going to win. Nine times out of 10, they're not going to win. Most of the mechanics I know have been doing it for a couple, two, three years. Manager comes down and says, hey, I need you to work on Saturday. You know, fucking Saturday's no good. I'm going to take my kid to Chuck E. Cheese and then I'm going to take a nap and watch him football. Working it doesn't fit into that plan anywhere at all. So I'm not coming in. Well, I need you. Well, you should, you should act like you need me when you fucking pay me, dick. Here I go again, Uncle Jimmy, saying things on the podcast. It would be really easy to say to somebody else, not. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, if you've got a manager who's trying to ride you like a rented mule, buck that guy's shit off and kick him in the balls and say, I'm going home. And if he gives you a lot of shit, just remember, and this is your Uncle Jimmy, this is Grease the Wheels, this is why it's called Grease the Wheels, Update the resume and get the fuck out of there. Manager's got to respect the fact that you need to not be at work sometimes. Okay? And if he can't, you got to put that guy in the rearview mirror. Company culture. Some companies encourage people to work more than they should or more, or you know, maybe at times. I know that one of the things the shop I work at goes crazy, absolutely crazy. I've talked about it a few times. At the end of the month, they reach a, a level of frenzy. It's kind of like Shark Week almost. Uh, people are going to get their fucking legs bit off. Really, it's bad. And then I understand why, though. Okay, so I don't, you know, I don't begrudge them. I mean, they'll come up to me and say, "Hey, can you do a PDI?" And then I'll be like, "Yeah, you know, I get, I'll do ten. I don't care. I, I'm there to work, man. We'll get it done. We'll do whatever we got to do to make you look good." And that's what it is. That's all it is. Because when you work for an auto group, the only thing they have to look at are the numbers. We've talked about it enough times. You know, all they have to look at is the numbers. And at the end of the month, if the numbers don't look that great, you got to go out and fucking jump up somebody's ass and help try to get your numbers looking better. And what that means is you might overwork them. You might want overwork them. You might want, they might not want to. They may be receptive to it. I'm always receptive to it because I get it. I get it. They got it. They got to jack the numbers up. They got to make the numbers look as good as they possibly can, or else their boss is going to look at their numbers and go, what the fuck are you doing down there? You know, you're supposed to be running this dealership. Did you even open it? You make nothing. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how, how evil it gets. I'm not privy to that sort of communication at all. I don't think I would want to be either, but you definitely want to put your best foot forward. And unfortunately at the end of the month, your best foot doesn't look like it's been put forward. And, and now you've got to do all you can to, to get it out there. To put your best foot forward in the last 12 hours of the last day of the month. It happens all over the fucking planet, folks. It really does. They, 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 they'll operate for three and a half weeks on a regular pace. And then for that last three, four days, maybe even the whole fucking week, they will literally, they will, they would kill their mother and do a human sacrifice on all their kids and uh, virgin sacrifices, whatever they, they, they really will. They, they will, there's nothing they won't do to try to make the numbers look good. And so they'll come out and they'll bust your they'll bust on you and to get you to bust your ass. And hey, you gotta decide whether or not you're gonna let them do that. But you know, you do it once and man, you're they're just gonna come back for more. And you know what? 
sometimes it's okay. I mean, if they, if my boss wants to lean on me and have me do a couple of things and maybe they're extracurricular, maybe I stay a little later than I normally would, or even later than, than I usually do. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. He's, he's going to say thanks. And he's going to, he's going to acknowledge that. And he's also, he's going to pay me. And one of these days he's going to have to give me a raise. So I'm okay with that. You know, I want to, I want to make, I want my boss to be successful. He's earned it. And if he gets wound up at the end of the month, it's okay. I'll help try to unwind him. But for some places and some places you work at where maybe the boss isn't a nice guy and he doesn't treat you right. And then he comes out and he tries to wind you up. Tell that guy to eat shit. All right. And then the last person who causes us to overwork, guess who that is? Yeah, you and me. We do it to ourselves. Now, like I said earlier, when I was talking about, you know, working till possibly 10, 11, or 12 o'clock. If you guys, and I, I know that some of you have this, okay? Say you're making $40 an hour. Pretty good, right? But if you turn, let's say 60 hours, you get an extra dollar per hour. Let's say you make 65, you get $1.50 an hour. You get to 70, $2, and so on and so forth until you max out at $5 an hour, which puts you at $45 an hour, and you had to turn 75 hours a week to get there, or maybe 80 or 90. Well, God damn it, that's what you're going to do. If the work's there and you can do it and you can get to that point where you're going to max out your bonus, some of you are going to do that. You'll work till midnight if you have to, but you'll do it. The pursuit of money in that particular case, well, it may not be worth it to you, or it may be extremely extremely worth it to you. You have to determine for yourself. And this is a thing that nobody ever understands. I think that a lot of people don't understand how this works, but there's motivation. All motivation, all motivation is self-motivation. It's all self-motivation. You can say, oh, well, yeah, I have kids. So that motivates me. Yeah. But you know, there's people out there who have kids and they don't give a fuck about those kids. So they're not motivated by that. You have to decide for yourself, if your kids or your wife or the situation that you're living in, or maybe your car, or maybe even your tools, maybe even your toolbox, whatever it is, you have to decide what motivates you. That makes it self-motivation, okay? Because there's things that people where I work are doing to earn money that I wouldn't do, not to earn money for what they want. You know, I mean, some of them have kids, some of them have a wife, some of them have hobbies that are, how do you even describe some of these fucking hobbies? Me, I just go to work because I have passion for what I do. Uh, do I have a lot of passion for it? Yeah, I have to. Some days I have to, that's all that gets me through. I like fixing the cars. It gives me kind of a, it gives me kind of a, you know, a Jones to fix them and to, and to be good at what I do and to be considered elite, which it was a, a, an official title now, believe it or not, uh, which is a little weird for me because as soon as they announced it, I was already there. Um, and I don't know how many other people were like that. I th- I hope a lot of people were, but I don't, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Uh, I don't keep up with that stuff. And there's really no way for me to find out unless I ask. I'm just motivated by, by needing. I, I don't really have a need for money that bad. So I'm not really super motivated by my money. I want it. I'll take it if you're going to pay me. Uh, one of these days, they're going to have to give me a raise at some point, even though they keep t- they've said in the past that I maxed out. I'm like, uh, I don't really like the sound of that. Uh, I know other places that'll pay me more. So when you say you're maxed out, I'm not maxed out. They have to understand that that's how that's going to work. But for the most part, what motivates me to go to work is just that I need to feel like I'm useful. And I certainly don't feel useful lounging around my apartment watching fucking Archer. 
You know, that doesn't make me useful. It doesn't make me useful. And nothing I do really makes me feel useful other than working. And that's all I really want to do is just be useful. Because when I was a kid growing up, I don't think my old man ever felt like I was useful. And I can't really disagree with him. I didn't have a job. I mean, I did chores, but how useful is that? I think any idiot could have, could have fed the goddamn ducks and geese that we had. That's what that was. Those were my chores. I had to take care of some poultry. And sometimes I, I was a little too uh, aggressive with it. Anyway, uh but you have to decide if you're overworking yourself and why. And is it worth it? Nah. There's nobody else that can set those standards for you. The motivation in your life is all going to be self-motivation. If you feel like, you know, your wife or your kids or your family or whatever situation you're in is motivating you. Well, yeah, okay. That's okay to think that way. But literally, that motivation is still self-motivation. It says how to tackle overwork. Try psychological detachment. Distance yourself from it. Just remember, it's like I said before. I said, you know, if some guy's car doesn't get fixed, fuck him. Not your car. That's the detachment that you're looking for. Always remember that you could fix one car or 10 cars a day. There's a fucking thousand of them out there that are broken still. And that's just within a one mile radius of your shop, for Christ's sakes. You know, all, all cars, every car, every motherfucking car ever built is going to break. There's not, there's not one car out there that they built brand new, however many years ago, that is still in perfect condition. There's not. Even if they didn't fucking drive it, it's still not in perfect condition. All that shit's going to deteriorate, okay? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, that's the way it works. These things are all going to return to their original solitary molecules. You and me, same thing. So just remember, that guy wants that car done at 3 o'clock and it's 2.30 and you need four hours of work on it. Maybe you can get it done at 2. He ain't getting that car at 3. And I think that that sense of detachment can help you out in in certain situations. You have to remove yourself from the situation emotionally, psychologically. You have to remove yourself from it. Say, you know, if somebody gives you shit about a car not being fixed right, you have to say, well, bring it back in. I'll get it right the second time. Sometimes it happens. You know, you, you, instead of fixing a cause, you fix a symptom. It happens all the fucking time. And you know who understands it? Nobody. Nobody understands. You, you, you know, you have a fault for something. You fix what's causing that fault. And you realize that something else was causing that thing to be faulted. It happens all the goddamn time. Then you have to develop a somewhat of a sense of detachment. You want to get the job done right, and you will, but if it takes a couple of extra steps, guess what? Oh, well. Fuck them. Number two is take breaks using the 52-17 rule. Uh, I can't wait to see what this is. Set a timer for 52 minutes and take a break. Okay, that's cool. Uh, 17 minutes? Nah. Listen, uh, I'm not sure. And this is so weird because... Uh, I'm I'm a if you don't know this I'm a northerner I'm from New York State uh, a lot of Type A personalities up there just fucking go in and they work like they're a jackhammer with the handle stuck on high and all day long the ding 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 they're just banging away well that is not how it is down here in Texas where I am now these people will get to it they'll get around to it I'll get that car fixed y'all don't worry about it I'm gonna be working on it here in about twenty minutes. And then after 30 minutes, they go to lunch. It's ridiculous, the pace down here. I tell you, and I tell the people that I work with all the time, you never make it where I'm from. They work They work at a, in a furious pace. They're not, they're, I mean, if you work at like a regular, normal human pace, they'll get mad at you because you're not working fast. I've been called slow. 
Oh my God. And it's only getting worse with age, but I was called slow right from the beginning. It's like, Hey, I'm a little more thorough than you. Okay. I'm not just going to stand back and lob parts at a car. Like they're hand grenades, you know, and guess I'm going to do the due diligence of all the diagnosis. Get, try to get the job done right many times where it still doesn't fucking work out, but at least I fucking tried. Number three here, it says stick to your routine. I got to be honest with you. I think that this is a big one, really. Uh, you may feel differently about it. As far as a routine goes, I have one. I've fallen into it. I've been pretty much in this routine now for about five years. Uh, it just feels comfortable. I have to do the, I do the same things at the same time every day when I'm working, that is. And, uh, get to work, do the same things there, get going. Uh, the only change really that comes along is whatever it is I'm working on and whatever's wrong with it. That's that's always going to be random jumble of horse shit, but there's a routine to uh, what I do to them. I have to figure out how to diagnose what I'm looking at, how to uh, find out what the cause is for the concern. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. There's really, you know, no real superset routine for any of that stuff. It has to be customized in your mind and it also has to be customized as far as what sort of tasks you're going to perform to perform the diagnosis properly. But you'll, you will develop, if you work anywhere for more than a couple of weeks, you will develop a routine and it either works for you or it doesn't. It can help you eliminate or at least decrease any kind of stress or anxiety you have because you just become familiar with it. And a lot of times when you have a routine and someone comes along and tries to upset it or gets in your grill about doing something different, you, you're going to have to stand your ground, really, unless, of course, you want to let them take control of, of what goes on with you, introduce stress and chaos into your life. Um, there's a lot of times I tell people, I say, take, you know, take that fucking chaos away from me. Get it away from me. Go. Get out of here. Take that shit with you. Okay. I don't need that shit. You know, people come to me, oh, this guy wants his car at the end of the day. I go, well, he's going to get it at the end of a day. Maybe not this day. Maybe not even tomorrow, which will be a day. You got to let him know. You know, I, I, I talked about it. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, the guy goes, oh, this guy wanted his car at three o'clock. And it's like four, almost four, four thirty, four thirty, quarter to five. I said, well, this guy's in luck because in about 11 or 10 or 11 more hours, there's going to be a whole nother three o'clock. <laughs> I didn't like that answer. But, you know, seriously, you can't let people jam you up, man. You got to stick to your routine. If you got a routine and how you do things and people want to, you know, maybe make you make it shorter or cut corners, tell them no. Fuck off. You know, don't bring me your stress and anxiety. I'm not fucking signing for it. Number four, set boundaries. That's really what I was just talking about. People are going to always try to push your buttons Push your envelope, push you to the limits. He's got to learn how to push back, man. Somebody says, hey, I got 10 cars I need you to fix today. You know, and you get to lunchtime and you only fix two. And you just tell them, say, well, you ain't going to get 10 cars today out of me. At two by lunch. How many do you think I'm going to have before I go home at five? Well, can I have you stay a little longer? No, you really can't. Maybe you can uh, set me up with a little bit more of a reasonable schedule to repair the cars because if i'm not doing just regular maintenance if i got to do diagnosis and maybe repairs even i got to wait for approvals got to wait for parts to show up you're not being reasonable at all got to set fucking boundaries here's the line the line should be you know for every technician for every one of you out there you should you should know your limitations that's all that's all they're talking about say somebody comes out and he says hey i need you to work on 10 cars today just nope five unless they're all easy you're not going to get more than five Worked on, you know, years ago, uh, we didn't have a maintenance team at all. We 
had tons of waiters like we do now, but we didn't have anybody designated to work on them and concentrate on them, nobody would do them. Everybody was just a regular technician. There was no maintenance technician. There was no new guys. It was all people who had skill and experience. and They had cars they had to fix, and waiters didn't fit into their fucking plan. So I used to do them because I know that when you have a waiter, that means somebody's there waiting for it. And if they have to wait too long, they don't want to wait anymore because everybody will say, oh, I can wait. But what they don't tell you is I can wait, but only so fucking long. And then guess what? I can no longer wait. So when you have waiters and they sit there and they sit there and they sit there and nobody's going to do them, somebody's going to have to fucking buck up and get them done. And I used to do that. It used to be my thing. You know, I don't have to do it anymore. I still help out with the waiters every once in a while, but I don't have to, I don't have to concentrate on them. And I had days where I would do 12, 13, 14 cars, almost exclusively all waiters. And it wears you out after a while, but you know what? When you get done, you probably made money. I, I, I mean, you know, I would do 12, 14 cars, get an hour and a half, two hours maybe out of each one. That's a lot of fucking time. Yeah, I broke my balls getting all that shit done, but you can do it. It can be done. But you should set boundaries. You should say, listen, I'm not going to do 14 cars tomorrow. Did 14 cars today. Guess what? You write me up and, and try to get me to do 14 cars tomorrow, and I'm going to go home early after I do one car, and then you can kiss my ass for those other 13. Set boundaries. Very important because they can't induce stress into your life and anxiety and cause you to have a hard day's night if you if you just tell them no. Say that's that that crosses the line there. You want me to do this and that? No, I'm sorry, you're at the border. We're in the United States. That other car you want me to work on? That one's in Canada. I'm not going there. Oh, what else do they have to say? Uh, here's something else that can help you keep from overworking is keep in touch with your social circle. Sure, if you've got family and friends, let them help you not work so much. Would that be a great thing? Sure, it would. You know, if your friends are constantly calling you up and say, hey, man, we're going over to the third base to have some drinks, watch some baseball, watch some football, maybe just play some darts or shoot some pool, don't blow them off. That shit all sounds like fun, man. Eat some fucking wings, maybe shoot the shit, have a few drinks, shoot some stick, watch a ball game or two. Damn, keep in touch with your friends, especially if they like to do that shit with you. Let them pull you out of work. Have them come down to where you work and tell your boss, say, hey, we're taking Uncle Jimmy with us. He's done working for you today. He'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully he won't be too drunk. <laughs> Let them help you out. That's what they're there for. Number six, take time out for self-care. Uh, Yeah. Looking after yourself, I think, and, and this is just true. You have to look out for number one, man. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you have a wife, if you have family, friends, a dog even, you have to take care of yourself first. Hopefully it's not too tough and you can also take care of those other people if necessary. I think for a lot of you, you you handle it just fine. There's probably some people out there who don't handle it just fine. You know, maybe, maybe they have situations going on with their wife or their kids or maybe other family members or, or even the dog where they have to really look after them. They have to take care of them. They're sick. Maybe they're dying even, and they have to look out for them and take care of them. But you're, you're going to get to a point, and I mean it, God's honestly, you have to take care of yourself as well. Hey, nobody else is going to. In most cases, nobody else is going to. Number seven is talk to your boss. I would love to do that, talk to my boss. But <laughs> one of the things that I do, and I, and it, I want to call us all out on this, okay? It's not just me. I'm not the only one. And I'm not saying, I'm not going to say to you that it's a bad thing, but it can be. You talk to your boss about what's driving you wild, what needs to be changed possibly, what's not working for you, why you can't get this done, why you can't get that done. Uh, Basically, 
complaining. One of the things that, I mean, we all do it and we all do it to excess. We really do. We're very bad at it. Obviously, it's too general of a statement to be true in all cases, but in a lot of cases, we're talking to the boss. We're typically complaining about something to piss us off. And no boss really wants to hear that. No boss, I mean, they will, they'll listen to it. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they even attempt to do something about it. Sometimes if the situation is, is God awful and needs to be corrected immediately, yeah, they might do something about it. But for the most part, managers are just going to listen to you, walk away and say, why the fuck can't just one of them not complain? We're, we're basically, uh, I'm include myself, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm above you. I am definitely not. I sometimes try to avoid talking to the boss because I cannot keep myself from complaining like a 12-year-old girl. Oh, I don't like this, and this isn't working, and can you do something about that? It's like, no. Can't you just say, hey, how you doing? In a very rhetorical way, and then walk away when he says, yeah, I'm great. How about you? I'm fine. All right, I'm going to go back to fixing them. My boss, I got to be honest, I got a, 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 a new service director. We never had one before, so he's the OG service director. He's going to have, uh, and I... You know, they'd probably get upset to tell you about this, but it's okay. They have First Amendment rights like everybody else does. Uh, he's going to have a uh, what we call a town hall meeting with all the technicians in a couple of days here. And I'm afraid, honestly, that it's going to turn into a shit show and amount to a, a hill of shit. I think that a lot of the technicians and possibly even myself are just going to bludgeon him about the head and neck area about things that are wrong. Are we going to have the answers to fixing them? Probably not. We're not in charge. We don't have any authority. Yeah, sure, we could come up with some solutions, most of which are not doable, especially within the context of running a business and trying not to spend too much money on this, that, and the other thing, payroll being one of them. One of my beefs, I just put it out there real quick, is that uh, I am asked to do a lot of different things which make me no money. If I'm not fixing a car, anything else I'm doing is not making the company or myself any money. I don't want to do any of that shit. I don't want to have to figure out what's covered under warranty. I don't want to have to write a job story. I do. I don't want to. I prefer not to. They have they have us now taking pictures of shit and measuring shit. It's like save this, that, and the other thing. It's like all this extracurricular stuff. I always use the same analogy. If you had, you know, a, a goose and it laid golden eggs, would you make them take the trash out? Fuck no, you wouldn't. You want them laying golden eggs? What the fuck? It's the same with technicians. Do you, do you want the technicians to do all of these other things that make themselves and your company no money? Or would you rather have them fixing cars? Figure it out. If you've got people who are supposed to do a specific job and they're always, it seems like they're always trying to pawn it off on a technician to have them do it, that's just fucking wrong. It doesn't make any business sense at all. That's my complaint. It's over. I think what you need to do is look at how much time it costs your technicians to do certain things that doesn't doesn't create any profit for the dealership or the shop. How much time are they wasting doing shit that they really shouldn't or at least shouldn't have to? Can you tell that your Uncle Jimmy's getting a little tired? Yeah, he's been going on for a while. So, uh, I, oh my God, it's almost two hours. Holy fuck. I can't believe it. That's crazy, bro. That's fucking crazy. All right. Uh, I think there's some pretty good information there. Hopefully, Eric can chop it up into a, a nice little podcast. Hopefully, it's not longer than like an hour and a half. Holy fuck, man. <laughs> Uncle Jimmy, you just need to learn to shut the fuck up sometimes. All right. Listen, uh, being overworked, I think it's something that you're, and, and let me just put this into a nutshell and broad stroke it for you, okay? As far as uh, o- being overworked or overworking yourself, it's all on you. 
you have to decide how much work is too much work. You have to decide how hard to work, how fast to work, and then you have to perform. Myself personally, uh, I could work fast if I want, but then I'm just going to have to do it again. Okay? I have to really concentrate and pay attention to what I'm doing. It's really easy for me to overlook stuff. It's really easy for me to just forget this, that, or the other thing. I have to go back and double check myself. It costs me a little bit of time, but sort of keep some of the comebacks down to a minimum. I still get them every once in a while, but lots of times I find, uh, and this is I, this is really the God's honest truth, boys and girls, lots of times if I get a comeback, I know I'm going to get a comeback. I will say I have to, I'm going to fix this, and it may correct the other problem that you're having, or you may continue to have problems. I had one today. Let me give you a perfect example. And I knew that this was going to happen. I even said it to the individual who owns the vehicle in the uh, service walk around video. He was having a problem with the transmission. He had some faults. Uh, the deadly faults for transmissions for the brand I work for are gear monitoring faults. Typically when you see them, the transmission is donezo. It's gone. It's over. It's lived a long life and it needs to go. Uh, this particular gentleman came in. He had a transmission problem. He had a gear monitoring fault and some over-temperature faults. Uh, the tester went in and said, hey, check the fluid level. Found the fluid level was low. Maybe it's just low fluid level, right? So I put in about 700 milliliters of transmission fluid, seal it back up again, clear the faults, and I drove it. And God's, God is my witness. I put about 20 miles on this car, and it drove perfectly. Not a fucking flaw. It was flawless. It ran perfect. I brought it back and scanned it again to make sure that none of the faults came back. None of the faults came back. I said, you know what? And in the video, I did a video after that. I said, you know what? I put some tranny fluid in it, and it seems like it's okay. I go, look, I suspect you may be back right away. I let him know. I said, I don't feel confident about this, but it drove really nice for me, and uh, so we'll let you have it. And sure enough, you know, he picked up the car, and about 45 minutes later, he called back. He said, yeah, it's worse now. <laughs> and when he brought it back, I test drove it again. And he's right. It was worse because I just barely made it back to the shop with the fucking thing. So he's getting a tranny. He's getting a transmission. He's getting a transmission someday because guess what? They didn't fucking have any. And he can't drive this car anymore. So something's got to happen. <laughs> but I knew, you know, and that's the thing you get with the, with experience is, you know, sometimes that what you're, what you're doing or what you're going to do may not be the 100% according to Hoyle fix for the problem, but you got to do what you got to do. And sometimes you have to do it again. So take, let yourself off the hook. Okay. Don't let yourself get on the hook for Christ's sakes. You know, if you tell them, say, Hey, I made this correction. I did this. Everything seemed good. You may experience more problems later on down the road. And then when they come back you say, I was afraid of that. I'm prepared for that. I hope you were too. All right, you know what? That is enough for your Uncle Jimmy here. Listen, uh, try not to have a hard day's night, okay? You can have a hard day, go home, and spend the night sleeping, eating, drinking, <laughs> I don't know, shooting up heroin, whatever it is it turns you on. But don't work so much, okay? If you're overworking yourself, take a look at your life, okay? Because you're only going to get one. And if you spend a lot of time working and you get to be a few years older and somehow or another you're you're terminally ill, you're going to think back and go, well, I shouldn't have worked so fucking much. God damn it. All right. Don't let that happen to you. All right. Get your life in order. Uh, and remember, fuck them. Okay. It's not your car. Detach yourself from the situation. All right. I'm going to detach myself from this situation. This is your Uncle Jimmy. Thanks for what you do. We'll talk to you later. See ya.